Hey, get excited this morning as you're sitting down. Tell the worship team, thank you for leading us. They did an amazing job. I am so excited to see you. Um, man, we are on the hills of a really uh, just a neat week. Uh, last week, if you were here, you know that it was absolutely bananas. Like, it was insane like we had our our fifth annual sunday sunday celebration we we prayed over our students we prayed over our teachers we lifted up our schools we had ice cream we had between 120 and 130 people on this campus that's a record guys we've never had that many people all at once and you know what i found you know what i found is it like it wasn't like we had like this enormous number of guests. It's just all you jokers decided to come on the same Sunday. So there you go. Let's all show up at the same time and see what happens, all right? Um, oh, it was so much fun. And off of that week, we got to uh, participate in uh, our, our school um, in Graham, in Graham ISD, by donating uh, and supplying some gifts at their teacher breakfast. Then we were able to, uh, just to kick this school year off, we were able to, uh, at least for a day, I think, stock Grayford ISD's uh, teacher lounge with snacks and Bryson ISD's teacher lounge with snacks and, and drinks and stuff. So we got the love on our community this week, and, and we got a great response. I actually got a, a really neat call. I won't give all the details yet about it. A neat call from some city leaders. Um, but, man, we had just a good week, guys. We had a good week as a church, and I'm not going to hold us any longer. I'm going to go ahead and release our kiddos to go to King Fu. Y'all go learn something. Come back excited. We're so pumped that you got to worship with us today. And while they're exiting, I'm going to invite one of my good friends up here, uh, Mr. Randy Reed. And show Randy some love as he comes up. There you go. Randy's going to be sharing the word with us, and I'm just going to hand it off right now. Good morning. Well, half of you are awake. Good morning. All right. I'm going to tell you, man, uh, Curtis was talking about having a good week. He texted me on Thursday, hey, what verses are you going to use? And I was like, dude, I got no idea. Um, this has been a tough week. I'm going to be straight up honest with you. This has been a tough week. Um, the enemy does not want me to speak these words. Okay. And understand that it's not me, it's God pouring out of me th through my mouth and speaking to you what he's given me to kind of say here today. And, and it, I, I wrestled last night, I tossed and turned, we actually got moved into our house last night. Woo! Three months in the working, um, but hey, we're in there, and uh, all I did was toss and turn, um, because this was on my heart. I have to put my eyes on, because I can't see without these things. When I first came here, <clears throat> oh, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention two people, Morgan Sick and Christopher Thompson right here sitting next to Julie. They worked with me on the lighting crew at Mustang Creek Community Church in Forney, and I want to thank you guys for making the trip out here this morning. If y'all would make them feel welcome, please, I'd appreciate it. When I first started going to church a little over two years ago, 
I came from a life that I thought was a brotherhood. For those of you who don't know me, I rode in a motorcycle club. I know I don't fit the part. I don't look like I rode in a motorcycle club, but I did. And uh, I was sold on the fact that that's what the bond of brotherhood was about. That your brothers would always have your back, that your brothers would always stand up for you, that they would be there to help you in a time of need. That no matter what, if you drew a line in the sand, they would be standing on your side. Found out that's all a straight up lie. When I came here, or actually started going to Mustang Creek, God started planting some men in my life. Chris Marquez. I can't say his name without crying. Because that man poured the word of God into me. And I mean, even when I looked at him and said, you have lost your mind. I don't believe what you're saying. I'll never believe what you're saying. He kept on pouring. And I wouldn't be standing here today if it wasn't for him. And a lot of other men. I could go on and I could name them. Ronnie Schaefer, Don Sick, Pastor Robert Kennedy. All of them poured into me. And when we moved out here, when we made the decision that we were going to move out here, a lot of people don't know the story behind that, but my wife and I felt called by God and influenced by the Holy Spirit to come here and start a ministry. And that ministry would cater to people coming out of alcoholism, coming out of drug addiction, and being lost in the world, and and teaching them that you can be all that God wants you to be. You just have to make the decision to do it. The name for our ministry is Mars Ministry. And no, it's not after the planet or the God. It stands for metamorphosis, accountability, reconciliation, and service. Because that is the starting point. When we came here, I was introduced to men like Ronnie Armstrong and Gary Ribble. And Pastor Curtis Ribble has been one of the greatest mentors I could have ever prayed for and asked for. He is so patient with me. Even when I'm blowing up his phone and he tells me I send him like gone with the wind texts because they're they're lengthy and he's like, dude, I can't read all that, you know. Anyways, my heart was turned in a conversation with Jonathan Odom. We were talking about a men's ministry and he said, hey, you know, we have one here at at VCC and uh, we just need to get it reignited and get it started back up. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, that's where you need to be right now. And. I talked to Curtis about it, and, and we prayed over it, and we, we, have, we have beaten it until we can't beat it anymore, and that's what we're going to do, and I'm going to talk to you about that a little bit more toward the end. But what I want you to understand here today is, is I am not a brimstone and fire preacher, okay? I am a teacher. I, I believe that's what God has called me to do, is to teach you what the Word says and how to apply it to your life. That is, that's my role. That's all I am. And this message is good for men and women, but it's going to be directly, most, uh, directly, mostly to the men. I ask if you get offended that you pray about it, okay? Or come talk to me. I am open to all kinds of conversations. Just ask my wife. I will talk to perfect strangers. I walked up on a guy sitting in a truck eating a Slim Jim and drinking a Mountain Dew yesterday. Because he had, um, I don't even remember who it was, a new source broadband, and we're looking for somebody to bring us internet. I just walked up and knocked on his window. She's like, you've lost your mind. That guy could shoot you. Yeah, but I'm going to find out if I can get internet or not. (coughs) 
So men, let me tell you, and ladies, let me tell you, you need to not make any mistake. We are at war. Okay? You look at what's going on in the world. Watch the news one night. And it's not just in the world. It is in our own church. Over the last week, I have read article after article after article of people renouncing their faith in Jesus. People saying that they've spent the last 20 years preaching the gospel, singing worship songs, and all of these things, and all of a sudden, it doesn't mean anything anymore. They have led legions of people, and not just people from you know the older ages, but the young people. They've influenced their lives, and they've, they've poured into them what they believed was the truth, and now they want to say it was all a lie. I don't understand that. My life was changed two years and eight days ago. I've been sober for two years and eight days. I haven't taken a drink of alcohol in two years and eight days. And I want to tell you right now that that was all because Jesus Christ, not by my might, let's be real. Because I can tell you right now, if it was left up to me, I sure wouldn't be standing here. I'd be stone cold, passed out somewhere. You can ask my wife all the, and I'll say it, all the hell that we went through. Not by my might, by his power, was I healed and was I saved. We are at war, and the enemy is picking people off one after the other. To win, we have to first identify what we're up against. I'm going to be preaching out of Ephesians 6, teaching out of Ephesians 6. I said I wasn't a preacher. but Ephesians 6, for we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood. I want to pause right there and remind you of something. What you are warring against is not your wife. What you are warring against is not your husband. What you are warring against is not your children. What you are warring against is not the people at work. What you are warring against is not the people at the local Walmart. Okay? What you are warring against, and he goes on to say, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, you are warring against princes and principalities over dominions that you cannot even see. And we're going to talk about how we fight that battle too. Against those mighty powers of darkness who rule this world and against wicked spirits in the heavenly realms, to do this, we have to devise a strategy. Now, I do not have a military background, okay? My grandfather was in World War II. I had three uncles in Vietnam, and I listened to them tell all kinds of war stories. But I can tell you, if you could get all four of those people together, they would tell you one thing. First of all, you had to know who you were fighting, and you had to devise a strategy of how you were going to fight them. Everybody would agree with that, right? Ephesians 6.13 says... Use every piece, say that with me, every piece, every piece of God's armor to resist the enemy in the time of evil so that after the battle you will be standing firm. If you only take portions of the armor, you leave weak spots. Okay, you leave vulnerable spots. The idea is to not be vulnerable but to be fully guarded, and we're going to walk through all of that here today. Every soldier, every soldier wants to know what he is fighting for 
and what weapons he has at his disposal. I'm going to tell you right now what you're fighting for. You are fighting for your soul and the souls of your family and the souls of your children and the souls of your children's children and so on and so forth. Men, if you set the example right here and right now, if you lead by that example, you will impact generations to come. And I know because I did play football in high school, um, we got coaches in the room. I think the coaches would tell you the same thing if they were standing in front of their players. They pour into those players, and those players will one day pour into the next generation and the next generation of what teamwork is all about and all of that. That's really what we're talking about here. We're talking about raising up generations to join this army in this fight. What weapons do you have? Mm. Stand your ground, putting on the sturdy belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. Stand your ground. What does it take to stand your ground? You better know that you know is what it means. I know that there is a God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I know that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, stepped down out of heaven, took on human form, lived a real life in real flesh with real blood pumping through his body to set the example for me and for you. The example of what? Of what salvation really looks like. Of what redemption really looks like. I know that. So Paul says, stand your ground. Stand firm in what you know. And then he goes on in 15 and he says, for shoes. Why does he address shoes? You ever tried to fight barefooted? It ain't a lot of fun. I've done it. It hurts. Especially if you're trying to chase somebody across an asphalt parking lot. That's not a lot of fun. Okay? <clears throat> for shoes. Put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. You can't fight barefooted. And in verse 16, he says, in every battle. How many battles? Every battle. You will need faith as your shield. Do you understand? For me, faith is understanding that God can and will always work to defend me that's my faith my faith is is that I believe that I know that that is truth and I stand firm in that put on salvation as your helmet it's interesting that salvation covers your head and I'm sure we could probably do a whole sermon series on that one fact. But I'm not going to get down that rabbit hole. And take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, I know we are in the electronic age. This is not an iPhone. This is my Bible. Okay? This is my sword. I will tell you one thing. The devil knows the Word. Don't believe me? Go in your Bible and look up the interaction between the devil and Christ out in the desert. 
The devil quoted scripture verbatim, and Jesus countered him with scripture. And then the devil pulled out another one, and then Jesus pulled out another one. You better be ready to fight with the word. It is your sword. It is your hand weapon. It is where you strike the deepest blows, and you cut to the deepest part of a body. Hmm. Pray at all times and on every occasion in the power of the Holy Spirit. Stay and be persistent in your prayers for all Christians everywhere. It's the last thing he says in verse 18. Pray at all times. He says it in another way in the Bible. He says, pray without ceasing. Now, does that mean you walk around mumbling to yourself all day? Because if you do, there's going to be some people that think you're crazy. I will tell you straight up. <coughs> but I will tell you this, too. I wrestled all night last night with how this was going to go. And I'm telling you right now, it's not turning out anything like I envisioned it. Okay? But I will say this. I got up this morning. And after getting our puppy outside, I walked back in my house and I felt this urge and, and the Spirit just said to me, you need to pray over this house. When was the last time you walked through your home and you prayed over every room? And I mean bathrooms, laundry room, bedrooms, front porch, back porch. Why not? And I am not saying that this is an ultimate example. I'm just saying that this is what the Spirit poured on my heart. I walked through my house, and I walked into the rooms. And the, the only thing God kept had me repeating was, whoever enters here, whoever enters here, whoever enters here, whoever enters here. God bless the labor in this area. God bless the meals that might be prepared in this kitchen. God bless the meals that we might enjoy with one another at this table. Bless what comes on my TV. Bless what books my children might read. Pour out your Holy Spirit on this dwelling. And then I got to our bedroom. And I just simply prayed, God, make us whole here. Because that's what he wants between a husband and a wife, guys. He just wants unity. Your wife is not your enemy. Your husband is not your enemy. You have enough of those to deal with. Why do you invite that into your homes? Why do I invite that into my house? But we do. We just kick the door open and say, come on in. It's scary that we do that. We get so caught up in whatever's going on and all the drama and all the news reports and all the stuff and how bad the world is and all of that. Your home should be a safe place. For you, your spouse, and your entire family. If anything, it is your barracks. It is where you are at that you can have camaraderie with one another, that you can talk about the battles that you've won, the battles that you've fought. I love Curtis and Jesse so much. They have a saying in their family, we never lose, we win or learn. And I have really held on to that because I either win or learn. And we've done a lot of learning over the last three months. We lived in a 200-square-foot travel trailer, bro, and I'm telling you right now, if we can come out on the other side of that with even our heads intact, we're doing all right, ain't we? <coughs> Prayer. 
A commander in any military will typically communicate one of two ways, verbally or in writing. Everybody agree with that? If you've ever watched any type of military movie, you ever been in the military, ever know anybody in the military, they will communicate with you verbally or in writing. It's either a written order that's passed down through the chain of command, or when you're in prayer, you get your marching orders. Oswald Chambers said once, prayer is countercultural. Scripture is countercultural. Worship is countercultural. Following the way of Jesus is countercultural. Spending time at church is countercultural. Spending time without a screen is countercultural. Prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. Every soldier needs a leader and needs to understand his relationship with that leader, and that leader will typically communicate verbally or in written form, and that we just talked about that prayer. Read your Bible. Pick up your word. Get into it to help yourself understand and, and just absorb it. Even if you read something and you say, man, that doesn't make any sense at all, carry it around for a week. Talk to people about it. Talk to people you know, people you trust about it. Get their input. That's how the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit will work through other people to help put insight into you. Jesus has shown us the way that leads to salvation. In John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. You know what I see in the world and in culture? I see a bunch of people trying to get to heaven that don't know Jesus. That's exactly what I see. But in John 14, 6, it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. How many? No one comes to the Father except through me. In Romans 10, 9, Paul says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It is just that simple. You just took your oath. Everyone that goes in the military, everyone that goes in any military takes an oath, do they not? That's it. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Make no mistake and be confident he will come back as king of kings and lord of lords. You know, and I'm not going to beat people down. <coughs> um, I will say this, though. We do a lot of talking about how Jesus loves us and how Jesus cares about us and how Jesus wants us to be nice to other people. And, and I believe all of that. That is the example that he said. I have no problem believing that. But what we miss so often, and yes, I'm going to go there, Revelation 19. Verse 11, then I saw heaven opened up and a white horse was standing there and the one sitting on the horse was named Faithful and True for he judges fairly and then he goes to war. His eyes were bright like flames of fire. On his head were many crowns. A name was written on him. Only he knew what it meant. He was clothed with a robe that was dipped in blood and his title was the Word of God. The armies of heaven dressed in pure white linen followed him on white horses. From his mouth came a sharp sword, and with it he struck down the nations. He ruled them with an iron rod, and he trod the winepress of the fierce wrath of God. On his robe and thigh was written the title, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. For those of you who don't understand or don't know the book of Revelation, it was written by the Apostle John on the Isle of Patmos. 
It was a vision that he was given of the second coming of Christ and the new heaven and the new earth. This is Jesus on the horse. And when he comes back, he's coming back as a warrior. And I'm going to ask you right now, are you prepared to be a part of his army? Are you prepared to get in his word, take up that sword, put on that armor, communicate with him verbally, communicate with him from his writing? I do believe that all of the Bible is God-breathed. There are truths throughout that society would say, well, that doesn't apply today. No, it does apply. It is a truth. That's that standing firm. That's girding yourself up and being firm in that truth. So how do we battle together? I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up, if they will. My phone does not recognize me with a microphone in my hand. Thank you, guys. I want everybody to give it up for this worship team. They work awfully hard at what they do in leading us. So, as I mentioned earlier, Curtis and I go back and forth via text. And I know when Curtis sends me a long text, it's well worth reading. And this is long, so I'm going to read through this. Vintage Men's Ministry. This group is for the men of Venture Community Church and our community. The word vintage means the best of a certain kind. That is the sort of men we are striving to be and also raise up. We will be the best. Our icon. My favorite of all the animal group designations are the rhinos. I thought he had lost his mind when I got to that point. I never really thought that much about a rhino, just a big beast with a horn sticking out of his nose, you know? <laughs> You see, rhinos can run 30 miles an hour. I'd have to say that's pretty fast for a big old animal. Which is pretty fast when you consider how much weight they're pulling. Dude, I can't run two miles an hour. Literally, 30 miles an hour is faster than a used Pinto will go. You gotta leave it up to Curtis to use a Pinto. Who in here knows what a Pinto is? Okay, more hands than I thought. All right. Um, just one problem with this phenomenon. Rhinos can see only 30 feet in front of them. Can you imagine something that large moving in concert as a group, plowing ahead at 30 miles an hour with no idea what is at 31 feet? I do not want to be standing at 31 feet. You would think that they would be far too timid to pick up full steam, that their inability to see far enough ahead would paralyze them to immobility. But with that horn pointing the way, rhinos run forward full steam ahead without apprehension, which leads us to their name. Rhinos move together at full speed, or moving together at full speed, are known as a crash. Even when they're just hanging around enjoying the watershed, they're called to crash because of their potential. You've got to love that. I think that's what we're supposed to be. 
That's what happens when we become barbarians and shake free of domestication and civility. The church, especially the men in the church, becomes a crash. We become an unstoppable, unstoppable force. We don't have to pretend we know the future. Who cares that we can only see 30 feet ahead? Whatever's at 31 feet needs to care that we are coming. We need to move together as men of God and become the human version of the rhino crash. The future is uncertain, but we need to move toward it with confidence. There's a future to be created, a humanity to be liberated. We need to stop wasting our time and stop being afraid of what we cannot see and do not know. Mm. We need to move forward, full force, because of what we do know. We are the best of our kind. Gentlemen, I'm going to invite you to do a little soul searching. And again, I started this out by saying, I'm not here to beat you down. This message was as much for me as it was for you. And I believe that's the reason I wrestled with it all week. Because every time I would sit down and I would write something out or I would make a note on my phone, God would say, you need to work in that area, son. You need to honor your wife. You need to understand that she is a co-heir with you in Christ. That she is your equal. She is your partner. She is not your enemy. You need to understand that your children, even when they hit the hormones of the teenage years, are not your enemy. You need to understand that your brothers and your sisters, your pastor, the leaders in your church are not your enemy. I ain't perfect. Neither is Curtis. Ain't nobody perfect. We just, well, Jesse maybe just a little bit. She's showing me. She's like down here going, hey, don't forget about me. Now, my wife would tell you she's perfect, and I believe it, because I love that woman, and I don't want to wake up dead one day. <laughs> so I'll tell you this. Understand who your enemy is. <laughs> God, I love this church. I love the people in this church, and I especially have a heart for the men in this church. But identify your enemy. And he would say to me also, when you go to work, did you know there's a verse in the Bible about work? Whatever you do, do it as you do it unto the Lord. Woo! Buddy, you know how many times I go to work and like, man, these people have lost their mind. They just need to go on and pay me so I can get out of here. You know? I mean, hey, that's, that's how it goes, right? He convicted me of that. How many times have I prayed over those people's houses as I'm inspecting them? that they might show the glory of God. Do you understand that if one man is impacted, a family is impacted, a neighborhood is impacted, a town is impacted, a state is impacted, and a nation can be impacted? One man. All I'm asking is, is do a little soul searching because I've done a whole lot this week. So what we're going to do is we're going to move forward. Jonathan and I are going to work together and we're going to reignite this men's ministry in this church. We're going to start Saturday by having a breakfast here on campus over in the Avenue Room. And I'm going to personally invite you to come and take part in it. You ain't going to have to listen to me talk. So that will be a blessing in and of itself. But I will say this. We're going to get together. We're going to fellowship a little bit. And what I would like to do at that initial breakfast is, is I'd like to hear from you. I want to hear what you see going on in the community. I want to hear what you see happening. 
how you think we can work in concert as a crash together and impact the town of Graham, the county of Young, and the state of Texas, and the nation of America. How can we do that? You don't think it's possible, right? I'm going to tell you right now, with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. I love each and every one of you. I want to thank you so much for welcoming me here today to speak and welcoming me and my family here. I do appreciate it. I'm going to turn it back over to the worship team and to Brother Curtis here. I'm going to ask the worship team to stand here awkwardly just, just a second longer. Continue to play. Yeah, yeah. Help me out. Help me out. I told Randy I didn't want to know nothing that he was really talking about. Uh, no no details. And, and um, what, I, what I want to tag, I want to kind of land this with us here, is, is our men's ministry, and you're good, has been called vintage and that was something that I prayed about seven years ago that we would be the best of our kind um, and I, I, lo I love how, how, how he, he, he spoke about um, Jesus and, and the uh, you know the armor and, and, and I've always jokingly said that so often we present Jesus in our church as, as a Mr. Rogers type character when, whenever you look at scripture, one of my very favorite books about Jesus, other than the Bible, is called Beautiful Outlaw. It, it describes how Jesus came and the dude hung out with fishermen, okay? A bad word did not offend his ears, if you understand. Like these guys, you got to imagine, were not like, oh, hello, how are you? No. Jesus was a very different type of individual. And I say he does, I always say like he wasn't so much Mr. Rogers-esque as he was what I believe, just in my brain, William Wallace-esque. Like coming forward, just here we are, freedom, you know, the whole ordeal, like just getting excited, getting people pumped up. And I believe that, you know, not only the men, not only the boys, not only the ladies, not only our little girls in our church are are to be and represent that and, and to be that type of crash, that type of, I have the potential to do anything. And I tell, I tell my kids that all the time. We tell our kids in kids' church, you know, even though we're little, we can do big things. There's a, there's a sign hanging in my girl's room that says, life is tough, my darling, but so are you. Life is tough, guys, but so are you. And what I love about the armor of God is that you can put on that helmet, you can put on them shoes, you can put on the, that belt so your pants don't fall down. You can get all covered up with the defense, but it's his word that is your offensive weapon. And if we are not in his word, if we are not hearing that, if we are not devouring that, then we are vulnerable. You can be covered up and you can stand your ground, but if you don't have his word, you're never going to grow in advance. You can stand there all day long. I'm holding my ground. I'm holding my ground. Where is his word? Where is his word? Not just where is his word, but where is his word spoken? I say it all the time. You ought to be your own best prophet. You ought to speak his word out. 
That's why so we prayed. We didn't pray today. I missed it today, guys. But that's why we pray. Give us eyes to see. Give us ears to hear. Give us hearts to receive. Because we speak those things. It's important. In prayer this week, God spoke something to me very specifically. Who, who is in 2020 yet? I'm in 2020. Is anybody else? Nope. Okay. I'm in 2020. I'm already there. And he, and he spoke something really cool to me about 2020. If you've been around, you know that the year 2019 we declared would be the year that we prosper. Have you prospered in 2020? If you haven't, that's fine. Raise your hand, though, if you can say, I've prospered in 2020. Hey, I got a few, or 2019, sorry, 2019. Who's prospered in 2019? You say, there's an area in my life I've prospered in 2019. Some of you know, that's okay. Guess what? 2019's not over. Okay? We have to not, to my knowledge, how many babies being born in 2020? Not me personally. Four. One of them's mine. So, so God spoke something kind of interesting to me. And I'm not being gross or anything like that, but it is very literal in my life. He said what was conceived in 2019, okay, okay, will become infinitely more in 2020. So 2020, I'm, I'm talking this in advance here, 2020 is the year of infinitely more. And that's just going along that thread that, listen, your God can do infinitely more than you can ask or imagine. And it starts with you and his word and believing that God spoke this to me this week. And then we're going to close with a time of worship. He said, I'm going. I, I, it was it was right after it was it was right after Sunday, Sunday. And if you weren't here, you know that it was crazy and crazy makes me anxious. And, and, and I love that we get to get together. I love that we eat ice cream. But I walked away like, where where were you, God? And he began to show me where he was. And he said, you had two major breakthroughs on Sunday, Sunday. I can work through ice cream. And then he said, I'm going to give you another breakthrough this week. And that breakthrough came on the cleanup of Sunday, Sunday. And then he spoke this, and I wrote it down in several places. He said, I'm going to make VCC a doubters club. Whoever doubts. you may doubt in this place? He said, I'm going to make it a doubters club individuals will walk in believing nothing about me and walk out realizing how good I am. I'm going to show them how good I am. Listen, when God speaks, we ought to listen. When God speaks, write it down, take it to the bank. It's for real. And if we as a people are going to be vintage, if we as a people are going to be the best of our kind, we have to believe that. That it is okay to doubt because his love covers that. It's that we take our doubts to him. He gives us choice. Jesse and I were talking about it this morning on the drive. It's good to take long drives and turn the radio off and just speak to one another, guys. And I said, you know, a love that's demanded is incomplete. That's why he gave us choice. A love that's demanded is no love at all. And a love that has choice. And when we choose him, it becomes complete. And that finished work can take a real hold in your life. When my kids doubt, I don't, I don't, I don't ostracize them. I don't, I don't shout them down. I explain to them lovingly. Maybe you're here today and what Randy has spoken, what I have spoken is not getting there. I want to tell you that you serve a God 
who is a beautiful outlaw, who breaks the rules, and he will break the rules for you. The rules might say, I doubt, so I can't be a part. I've done this, so I can't be a part. I'm not sure what I believe, so, so I can't really belong. This church, this place, we've said it. It's part of who we are. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect, and anything is possible. If there's ever a place that you ought to be able to belong to before you believe, it's the church. I believe that's what Jesus was saying when he said, I love you and I give you choice. Your best life is with me, but I give you choice. Guys, his grace is big enough. Stand with me today. His grace is big enough. His love is wide enough. He's got something cool for you. He's going to show you how good he is. And if you haven't, if you say, I haven't prospered in 2019, guys, buckle down, dig in. There's still time. There's still time. And I think if you would look back at 2019 a little harder, you would be able to see some spots, maybe, where God has moved miraculously. If not, follow him longer, follow him harder, and eventually you will find yourself in the midst of a miracle. I believe it, every bit of it. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the opportunity to come together as we worship you together. One last time in closing today, I pray that your spirit would be made known in this house. God, that you would show off some really cool things. God, that you would reveal to us things that we maybe have been missing. God, that you would bring clarity to who we ought to be as individuals. And that you would right now change the trajectory of our families if needed. God, we speak great big things. We speak prosperity and we speak infinitely more right now. It's in your name. Amen. Lead us, guys.